0: So one of the things I love about the church year is, and in fact, the whole, the whole, the church has structured the whole liturgical calendar, is that it's designed to remind us of stuff. And I don't know about you, I need a few reminders. Just ask my wife. Uh, the, the, um, the, so we're at the beginning of what, as Orthodox, we often call St. Philip's fast because today is the feast day of St. Philip. Uh, and we're about to plunge into uh, the increasingly hard discipline of fasting and prayer and almsgiving. Uh, and so, what I want to talk to you today is actually about the gospel reading, the, the daily gospel reading, because I think it's, a, it's an excellent reminder for us. We, we all know the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, but I think it's an excellent reminder for us uh, uh, as to exactly what it is that we are called to do, particularly in, uh, or, or rather not at all times really, but, but we're called to particularly be mindful of renewing our commitment to loving our neighbor here as we plunge into the the St. Philip's Fast in preparation for Holy Nativity. So a lawyer comes up to Jesus. He wants to test him. So he asks him a nice hard question. What's the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus flips the question around. He says, says, well, <laughs> you're the expert in the law. You tell me, what's your reading of it? Uh, and he says, well, love uh, the, uh, the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, the right answer. Do that, and you'll live. This, then, is the way to eternal life. Loving God with all our being and loving our neighbor as ourself. That's what eternal life is. The lawyer, however, since his attempt to test Jesus uh, was kind of, a little bit lame, I guess, Uh, uh, he wants to justify himself. So he does what lawyers do, problematizes it. But he says, who is my neighbor? So instead of answering him, or rather as the answer, Jesus gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. A certain man is going down from Jerusalem to down to Jericho and It's a bit of a risky business, kind of like going down certain streets in Vancouver, uh, and, uh, and, and he gets mugged. Robbers come out, and they beat him up, and they strip him of his clothing and everything that he has and leave him lying half dead on the side of the road. And it just so happens that a priest walks by. One of those who are responsible in the temple for offering the sacrifices on behalf of the people to God, and he comes and he sees the Samaritan and he walks by on the other side, leaving him there in the death dust. Then a Levite comes by, another member of Jewish society of particularly high standing in the religious sense. He is responsible in the temple for taking care of all the temple stuff. And he sees the guy lying there on the side of the road. And he passes by on the other side. Then, of course, the Samaritan comes along. The Samaritans are... They're kind of really hated by the Jews, and there's no love lost between them. The Jews actually went and burned down the Samaritans' temple, one of those great, uh, you know, let's enforce proper religion on somebody else kind of moments in history. Uh, and uh, and um, obviously that didn't go over too well with the, with the Samaritans. The Samaritans come in, you know, the, Samar- the, the Samaritan comes by, sees the man on the side of the road, and has compassion on him he goes over to him he takes out oil and wine dresses his wounds and he puts him on his 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 donkey and takes him to an inn and takes care of him in the inn and then the next morning he goes up to the innkeeper says here have two full days wages worth of money two denarii uh Take care of this man, and if you need anything more, let me know. I'll pay for it. Jesus asks the lawyer, so which of these was a neighbor to the one who fell among the thieves? The uh, <laughs> lawyer can't even bring himself to say the Samaritan. No, no. <laughs> the one who had mercy on him is <laughs> all he can manage to choke out. And Jesus says to him, go and do likewise. So here in this absolutely amazingly famous and beautifully deep parable, we have the way of love writ large. If we wanna know how, not only who is our neighbor, but how to love our neighbor, we need to take a look at this parable. Because, well, let's start First of all, with the priest. He runs across the sky by chance. Of course, in God's dispensation, there is no chance. Everything that happens, we believe that in everything, God is working for the good of those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. There is no such thing as coincidence. And this priest comes over, and, and he sees the man, but he has obligations. More than that, it's potentially dangerous. I mean, the guy has just been beaten up by thieves. You come and help him? It's uh, not unknown, even in our day, for a good Samaritan to be taken advantage of. Uh, in this case, this good priest does not want to be taken advantage of. So. It is risky. It, is, it might make him unclean. Uh, if the guy actually dies on him, the priest would then be unclean and unable to perform his duties before the Lord uh, until he's gone through ritual purification. Uh, so it's, it's, it's dangerous, and it's, it will take time, and it's inconvenient to help this guy. So that, what does that mean for us? Well, if we want to make sure that we're like the priest, we want to make sure that we are on time and serving the Lord and, you know, getting all the stuff done that we need to do. do we, and then, we, yeah, we should avoid being any danger or uh, inconvenience uh, or, you know, all, any of these things. But obviously, that's not what we're called to do. So what this is telling us is that, first of all, there are no coincidences. The inconvenient problem that is there before us is our neighbor, is our opportunity to love. It's given to us by God himself. We can ignore it if we like. It gives us that freedom. But this is our opportunity. This is our opportunity to actually live as Jesus puts it. Do this and you will live. You will be living eternal life, real life. He says at one point, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And then we're, this inconvenience that is there before us is not an inconvenience. It's a human being. Is it risky to help out and to engage with another human being? Absolutely, always. We are risky and dangerous. And there are all sorts of situations that are even more risky and dangerous. But the danger to ourselves should not come into the calculation. The inconvenience to ourselves should not come into the calculation. If we have been given an opportunity by God to love, it's our job to love and to show love to show compassion. The Levite comes along, same thing. And then the Samaritan. Now we get actually another whole layer of stuff because the Samaritan disagrees politically with this wounded Jew on the side of the road. He disagrees religiously with this wounded Samaritan on the side of the road. This is not his people. Very much not. I mean, in, fe- in some respects, this is an opportunity, right? This is his enemy. What better opportunity to get rid of one of your enemies than to just leave him dying on the side of the road? You don't have to do anything. And yet, what does he do? He looks on him, and he has compassion. And he's not simply moved. He's moved by that compassion. He's not simply moved emotionally. He's moved by that compassion to get out his stuff. He takes oil and wine from his own provisions, and he uses that to treat the wounded man lying on the side of the road he takes him and he puts him on his own donkey and he walks along leading him on this donkey making sure he's okay he takes him to an inn and continues to look after him he's gone out of his way now and he spent time with him to make sure that he's okay and then Because he's still not better, he gives the innkeeper two days' wages. That's a significant amount of money, however much you make in two days. Calculate that. That's how much he gave to the innkeeper and said, here, take this, look after him. And if there is anything more that you need, don't worry, I'll cover it. So, we've already dealt with chance. We've already dealt with inconvenience. But now, this is somebody who is, well, a, a political opponent, an enemy. Somebody who is, uh, um, who who is not of the same religion. In fact, of a religion that is actually explicitly counter to the Jewish religion. Uh, and, or to the Samaritan religion in this case, in his, in, into his religion. And in the face of that, what does he see? He sees a fellow human being who is suffering, who is in need. And then what's his response? He takes his own stuff and uses it for him, he takes his time. And gives it to him. He invests in him. Until he is better. This is a lot of work. It's loving people. Like who really wants to do this? It's much more fun to. You know. Say nasty things about our. Political enemies on Facebook. To. Leave the inconvenient people who are in our, our, our who are in our lives in our world in, meet, meet with the circumstances we meet who are who are you know yucky and and would take lots of time much easier to just brush them off. This is a financial commitment we hardly have enough money to pay our own bills. And yet we're supposed to actually give money in these times of need? And yet Jesus says, go and do likewise. Oh yes, and one more thing. The guy isn't better at the end of the story. And yet, that commitment to his welfare is a commitment until he is better. We have to do this. Jesus told us, go and do likewise. This is our job. So, we as followers of Jesus Christ, trying to attain and actually live out the eternal life that he calls us to, need to, first of all, see whatever is coming to us down the road of life, whatever opportunity for good that meets us as coming from the hand of God for us and for our salvation, however inconvenient it may be. We need to love without looking at how inconvenient it may be. Well, maybe we have to acknowledge it, but we have to do it anyway. We have to reach into our own pockets, take of our own time, and engage with even those who hate us and our our political opponents or who are on the opposite end of the spectrum of us religiously and care for them. And we have to be committed to doing it until they are better. That's maybe the hardest part because it's so easy to say, okay, here, 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 take this. You need this, okay, I'll take this. And then eventually we get frustrated and tired. It's like, oh, he's not better yet. He's still being annoying and, and, and saying nasty things about me on Facebook. And so therefore I can just brush him off. No. Absolutely not. Our job is to love, no matter what, unconditionally, with everything that we have. In every circumstance that God gives us. If we want eternal life. And in many respects, I mean, this is the eternal life that God has in store for us. What do the saints do? Why do we pray for them? to them? We ask them for their prayers because they're working to look after us. They're not saying, "Oh, him again. Oh, good grief! <laughs> How many times is he going to ask for the same thing? Still not better yet? Oh, no." I want to end with one more story that was shared with me just uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, there's uh, it's in the it's in the book was it was on the library. I'm not sure if it's still there, but. It's a really great book called Everyday Saints. It's about uh, a bunch of holy people in communist Russia. Uh, and one of them is, uh, uh, he, he becomes a bishop. He's, he's, a, he's a priest. He's a Russian, Russian priest. His Marushka dies. Uh, he, so then he's single. So, okay, well, we need a bishop. Great, you can be a bishop. Of course, he's never been a monk. Uh, usually, uh, ideally, we take bishops from the ranks of the monastics. So he's kind of worried about this notion of being a bishop. Uh, and so uh, he's like, well, I, I don't know. I've never even been a monk. How am I going to be a bishop? So the, somebody says to him, well, you know, the monks, when they're a novice, they just do everything that the that their spiritual father tells them to do. So he makes this radical commitment to do Everything to say, essentially say yes to anything that anyone asks of him in his episcopacy. And then he goes on and he continues as a bishop and gets into all sorts of amazing circumstances because he simply said, anytime there is anybody in need who has asked me to do anything, I'm just going to do it. So the, 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 there's all sorts of stories, but the story that was related to me is he, he also had like a radio ministry because he's, he's Russian, uh, it's communist Russia, so he's, he's broadcasting his sermons in Russian uh, for the Russian people. And at one point, he gets to go to Russia and he's visiting Russia and um, uh, this young priest comes up to him and says, Ladika, I uh, would really love for you to visit my parish. It's, 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 it's not far and and the, uh, the the narrator of the story is the one who's been tasked with trying to protect the bishop from queer, from queries like that it's like not far like like how not far oh it's it's really it's like just a few miles past this town he realizes like it's 300 or 400 kilometers away over russian roads which are not famous for being really great of course the the bishop says yes so now they're on the way and the, and, and the the guy tasked with protecting the bishops as well as well is on the way ah, <laughs> to this to this parish in the middle of nowhere as they're going, they're, they're, they 're going they come across this uh, they 're stopped by this this traffic accident. somebody has just got into an accident and has just been killed, and the young man standing over him. Is It's his. It's his. It's his father. And the 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 um, the priests and the bishop get out uh, and to check on and say, is he Orthodox? You know, if he is, we could we could pray for him. Uh, and 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 the the young man says, yes, yes, my father was Orthodox. He couldn't get to church very much. It's communist Russia, right? Uh, but he had a spiritual father. And so they ask him really wow he couldn't get to church who's his spiritual father oh you wouldn't know him he's this this guy who has a radio broadcast this man who's just moments before entered into the kingdom considered himself the spiritual son of the bishop who just happened to be there at that moment and was able to say the final prayers over his spiritual son that he never knew he had. This is how God works. Life is inconvenient. It's problematic. People are annoying. But God loves us. He is at work in all things, at all times, for our good, as we love him and are called according to his purpose. All he asks of us is to live the life that he has prepared for us to live the rich and abundant life that he has in store for us. And all we need to do in order to live that, live that life out is to love, is to have compassion, is to sacrifice and understand to his glory, the glory of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, I've ever done two ages a age. day.